Welcome to the Around the Crease podcast. This is season two, episode two, and I'm here with Tom Peace of Peace Report Lax Blog. Uh, Tom, welcome back. It's our second show, man. It's exciting. Here we are. Yes, it's another week of the Around the Crease show, and uh, it's great to talk across with you today, Mike, and uh, we got some great great topics on the show today to talk about. We do. Uh, we're going to do a little bit of follow-up on a couple of things we talked about last week, and then I'm going to give some updates on what I'm doing with Lax Records. Uh, we're going to cover a story that's actually been pretty popular um, for maybe not the right reasons <laughs> sometime this week. And then at the end, I'm going to give Tom the floor because he attended two events this week, the Baltimore Summer Showcase, Baltimore Summer Kickoff, and the Mason-Dixon Showcase. And I'm going to let him talk about some of the players he saw and um, and all that stuff. So to kick it off, I want to do a little bit of follow-up because I feel like we put the whammy on both West Genesee and Strathaven because we talked about both those teams last week and both teams lost in the, their respective state championship games. West Genesee lost to Ward Melville out of New York. Strathaven lost to Bishop Shanahan out of Pennsylvania. So a little bit of apology for both of those teams for mentioning them last week. Um but then again, congratulations to Ward Melville and Bishop Shanahan because we didn't mention them and they both won. So I thought that was uh, just kind of one of those. It was like, oh, as soon as we got done, we wrapped the show up on Friday last week and then both teams played on Saturday. And so I thought we'd just follow, Look, follow up on Great that. seasons for both teams, though, for uh, West Tennessee and Strathaven. And they had good seasons and uh, they came up short, but it was a good lacrosse season in New York and uh, PA with those uh, conferences, especially. Yeah, exactly. So I thought that was uh, – congrats to both teams. Obviously, reaching that state championship game, you got to go through a gauntlet of teams to even get there. So fantastic seasons, not the way they wanted it to end, but you know, great seasons nonetheless. Um, so then, you know, we'd mentioned if you use the hashtag around the crease uh, for, on Twitter or Instagram, wherever you want to use it, that we will actually pull feedback from Twitter and Instagram for the show. And we didn't necessarily get any direct feedback this week, but we did have a couple interactions on Twitter with a, a gentleman whose tweet I lost um, through the course of the week. So I apologize to him if he's listening again this week. But he was talking about how it was a challenge because his son plays football and basketball and lacrosse, which is, I'm sure, a lot of lacrosse coaches dream to have those multi-sport athletes. But he was asking, like, how basically do you pick which lacrosse events to attend, it was a lot of the stuff we had talked about last week, but I thought his was pretty unique because playing football and basketball, those are not spring sports, but they are summer sports for a lot of a lot of players. You know, your football players are getting ready for combines this time of year. Basketball players are playing AAU and summer basketball, and so if you're trying to get recruited in any one of those three sports, I definitely do not envy those players. But I thought that was a pretty unique perspective that. I don't think I think we talked a little bit about the multi-sport athletes, but I don't know exactly that uh, instance showed up. It's definitely something that college coaches look for when they're recruiting a kid is if they are multi-sports athletes and they want to see those kids playing on the sports. And it's always, yeah, I know lacrosse has become a year-round thing with the the box leagues and um, kids wanting work, working out to be better lacrosse players once the season comes around but um they say that um too much focus on the sport on one sport could lead to injury and also burnout and um the coaches like to see these kids play other sports and how they lead and play in other team settings where 
um, they're, they have to do other things than just throw a ball, pass a ball, and then shoot shoot goals and stuff like that. They want to see how they do it on like a wrestling mat or on a basketball court or on a football field. So <laughs> it's it's one of those things where it gets tough when the season affects when you're looking at colleges and. That's what I think the other reason why they had this rule is so that um, these younger kids and the old and this juniors, the sophomores and freshmen, I mean, can uh, focus on other sports and their grades and things like that. And um, and, and not so pressure to get recruited right off the bat. Yeah, so, exactly. Yes. So if, if anybody has, you know, this is going to be a topic I'm sure we will touch base on periodically throughout this podcast so if you, you have some feedback on you know the early recruiting if you have concerns if you just have a question that you don't know the answer to that you think we might be able to help you with use hashtag around the crease and we will pull any feedback from the show um, and discuss it on upcoming episodes so i want to do a quick little update a little bit of housekeeping on as far as what's happening on laxruckers.com obviously this week kicked off a, a kind of reference that is the start of a new era on Lax Records, um, Tom is going to be contributing, and we're going to get to a little bit about exactly what he's contributing a little bit later in the show, but you're going to be providing your Tom's top 10 or 20, or the the number is pretty fluid throughout the year, so you can look for both those items on the website today. Um, they're both from this week, and then, so that will be a con- continuing feature this week, so definitely check those out, but also at this time of year is kind of my season wrap-up, so Send in your players with at least 200 career points. Those are the ones that I'm going to be doing. Obviously, I'm going to be adding them to the various state lists and the national lists because I expanded the career points list this uh, about a few weeks ago. So I'm going to be including all players with at least 200 career points. So, And I'm also, this year, I'm going to be kind of doing a season-ending wrap-up about some of those players who reached those milestone point totals. So if you go to laxrecords.com slash submit, You'll be able to submit your player for their either season or career performance, and then I'll be able to be sure to include them in uh, the season-ending wrap-up. So definitely do that. State pages you may have noticed I spent last week doing a little bit more administrative stuff. State pages have been revamped with a new look, and to be perfectly honest, it's one I'm finally happy with. Like It's kind of achieving the dream that I have had since I started this site of being able to kind of get the, the news of states and players on the page and then lay it out in a way that uh, I think I'm happy with. So definitely check those out. The look has been revamped, but the state pages updates will will start in the next few weeks. Like I usually wait until all the states are done because coaches usually take a few weeks just to kind of compile their stats and information and then to get them to me and then for me to update them. So it's a little bit of a process. You know, and I want to make sure I give everybody enough time to make sure that those updates take place. But expect those next two weeks, and I'm sure I'll start to announce that as they roll out on Twitter, on Instagram, and on this podcast. Um, but if you are curious, the state number one players list has been updated. Now, this list is just the players that are number one in goals, assists, points, saves, and for coaching for wins in each state. I did update those this week. I added a couple states, so there's a couple new states. I think I added Alabama. I'm going to be adding Kansas and Missouri here in the next few weeks. So definitely check that out. I'll link that in the show notes down below. So definitely check that out as well. So that's a little bit of my housekeeping for the for, for this podcast, kind of letting everybody know what's going on on the website. But So one topic 
that I wanted to talk about this week because I saw it. It came from Syracuse.com and the aforementioned West Genesee uh, State Championship game. And this was a story that kind of struck the chord um, with a lot of people. The The comments section on Syracuse.com was both divided and animated, as you can understand. And for those who don't know, uh, Coach Messer, it was his final game of his career. He's been coaching for 40-plus years. Um, and I'm going to read you the quote that he said after the championship game, which was interesting, quoting, they quit a long time ago because they were not listening, Messer said. That's what I said to them. You quit a long time ago because you didn't follow directions. You did what you wanted to do, and how do you like it? I've dealt with it all year long, and I warned them that this is what's going to happen. They don't have that self-discipline to do the right thing, the right time, the right way. It's not the wins and losses. It's the process of what goes on within the team itself. Can you reach the kids? I couldn't reach them. No matter what I did, they didn't respond. I feel bad that I couldn't give them what I gave the other guys, but that's what it is. So that's a pretty strong quote from a coach that has been doing it a long time, and he's a former Marine. So I think that's probably worth putting in there, too, because that kind of frames some of his, his mentality as well. And I've talked to Coach Messer, and this week I actually will link that podcast into the show notes. And he said a little bit of this when I talked to him before the 2017 season. Um, actually, no, before the 2016 season. No, 2017. Sorry, I'm getting my ears confused. So, Tom, you're, you're a coach. You're also a dad. So I wanted to see what you you thought of this. <laughs> no comment. I'm I'm just joking. No, <laughs> that um, is the, that is the safe way. Like I thought about not including this, but I was like, you know what? It's it's an interesting thing because it came into, you know, a lot of people. You know, I, I work in I'm higher education. I work at a college, and uh, a lot of what people say, but like, oh, the millennials nowadays. And to be honest, like that always makes my skin crawl because I think about it and I'm like, you know what? I was like. It's easy to say when you're 40, 50, 60 years old that kids nowadays are so different than they were when you were young. But I'm like, you know what? I probably wasn't a whole lot different when I was 17, 18 years old. I knew everything. Old people knew nothing. Yeah. They didn't know what was going on. So I, I thought it was interesting from that perspective as well. So I think that's kind of what triggered it for me. I think it, it's one of those things where it's, yeah, like, it's a new generation thing and I, I think what Sarah was expecting was different from what the kids were wanting to put out in terms of effort. And um, and he, he just was, I guess, doing things, I guess you could say the old school way and wanting things to be done in a certain fashion and um, the team to buy into that. And if the team's not going to buy in, then it's hard to keep it going and um some of these kids they they have weird visions of how they think they are as a player and where they should go in terms of college and how they should get recruited a lot of these kids make all-star teams and stuff during the summer season and so they think when they come into the high school season that they should get the same kind of um pedestal treatment from the high school coaches and sometimes that doesn't happen <laughs> so these yeah. kids get get turned off and they don't put forth the effort and so it's it's one of those things where it, ha it happens a lot lately in this game where coaches don't that are coming from the old school teacher coach model that that their way isn't how the kids today 
want to respond to. You know, they want to respond to coaches that have a relationship with their clubs and know that, that these kids can play and that they made so-and-so all-star team during the summer. And so it, it's, it's, it's a, it's a tough, touch, tough subject to touch on. And I was reading the response from the, the players that the quote on some of the players from under what Ms. Hare said and a lot of them were trying to. Yeah. And let, uh, let me, remain. let me read that so everybody knows. Cause I, I thought this <clears throat> kind of spoke a lot to, to the players. Cause it was not, you know, the, the press, obviously they asked the players about it. Cause I mean, un- unfortunately that it, it kind of took some of the shine off the, the season a little bit. Like this kind of ended up being, what most people were talking about, you know, rather than coach Masser kind of riding off, reaching, <laughs> riding off into the sunset by reaching the state championship game and 800, you know, 800 career wins and all this stuff. Like this kind of ended up being the, the story um, for a reason. I mean, when you have a quote that that's, that's that strong, I mean, the reporter did his job and followed up. So he asked, um, he asked at least one of the players, I know he talked about asking a couple, but this was a quote from uh, one of the seniors and I'll read his, uh, his quote here. It's an interesting dynamic when you've got a coach who's been coaching for 40-some-odd years. You've got a bunch of guys who are still trying to learn the game. I don't know. It's just kind of mixed reactions when you're with him, said senior midi Ryan Smith. He had a great career. He's got the numbers to defend it, said senior attack Kevin Sheehan. But you know what? Short pause. Yeah, he had a great career, said Sheehan, clearly stopping himself short. Um, it, it was one of those, it says, after Masser offered his assessment of the game, Hal, Smith, and Sheehan were asked if there was anything they wanted to add to their initial remarks. Smith said he had something to say, but Sheehan and Hal cut him off and said they were done talking on the record. So, you know, it was one that was like, in the, that was an opportunity. And obviously the reporters kind of tried to get something out of them. They wanted them to react in a way to kind of make that comment. And they all stopped. Like, they, they knew what they were doing. They knew how to handle the media. Um, and, you know, I want to credit those players for, you know, they took the high road. They had an opportunity to, to say some stuff that I'm sure that I'm sure they were feeling like I, I can't imagine they were happy about that. I mean, no one wants to be told that they were quitters. Um, and after they reach a state championship game, it's not how you want to end the season. And I'm sure to probably pour a little bit of salt in the wound of even losing that game. But um, I, high school and I'm sure as coaches, this is this was a teaching moment that they didn't anticipate, and I, I thought these players handled themselves with grace and dignity. And I, I actually want to applaud them for for not saying stuff that I'm sure they probably wanted to that I would have probably said at 18 years old. I don't know if I had that quite that filter at that age. I would have probably just flown off the hook, and I'd have been quoted in the newspaper. But Mike, let me ask you this: Do you, do you think we live in an age now where the club? directors and the club coaches uh, opinion about a player is taken more with more uh, credibility than the high school coaches opinion about a player from a college coach's standpoint what do you think you mean if uh, you mean does the college coach who's recruiting a kid take the club coaches or the high school coaches opinion more heavily yeah um, you know what? I don't know. I, I honestly don't know because I've talked to enough college coaches to, and they, you know, when they're recruiting kids and, you know, I, you can't make a blanket statement because everybody's different. Like some, some college coaches may do it this way. Others may not, but everybody I talked to, they, they talk to everybody like a college coach. If he's going to get a kid who's talented, but also if they're looking for that high character kid, 
you're going to talk to more than one guy. So you're probably going to talk to his club coach because you want to see, like, how's he do on the road? How's he do, like, when he gets put with a bunch of players that maybe he's not used to playing with? And when he goes on, a, like, when you guys have been on the road for this long, like, how does he react? Like, they want to know that stuff. But they also want, like, want to know, like, day-to-day, week-to-week, like, the high school coaches touch them from every day from gym class, or not gym class, and showing my age, <laughs> from, you know, uh, uh, working out to practice to bus travel to after travel. I mean, they see him for hours and hours for a huge chunk of the season as well. So it's hard well, to say. Yeah, Go ahead. ahead. I'm just saying, but you see a lot today of a lot of the club coaches are now becoming also the high school coaches too. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that is, I think you see that and you wonder is that now now the, the college coaches can talk to these club coaches that are coaching the high schools and really get a sense on players in the area. Yeah. And for the team. And we have guys like Masser who aren't really buying into the club culture, I, I would say. And guys like Bob Schreiber and those guys, like, they, they don't, they, they, they love their high school teams. It's, it's all about the high school process and being a team and winning a high school championship and some of that. And they they treat the vet, like the high, upperclassmen de- different than the underclassmen sometimes, and you see that in a lot of cases around the country. And a lot of times, the underclassmen feel that they should get the shine since they are making all star teams and yeah. doing stuff during the summer. And if they don't get the spot the spots in the starting spots during the high school season then parents come calling and wondering why. And so it's all, I think it's all, it's a, it's a tricky subject. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we're, we're not going to suddenly solve, solve the problem by, by any means, but it definitely, you know, again, if people have uh, comments on this, use hashtag around the crease, but it's definitely one of those things that, you know, it, with the early recruiting and how that stuff has, is gone and the way it is now, it's going to be interesting because for the club team, like there will probably be more um, college coaches touching base with those guys to see who's coming up in those, you know, we'll say 20, 21, and 22s um, heading into the summer because they will see them a lot more than the high school coach will mm-hmm. because of the recruiting. Like there's there's opportunity there for the club coaches to have that, to talk to those kids early on, whereas they might not be part of that, that varsity team. I mean, but that's not really that different than it was before. I mean, Kids were getting recruited that, you know, I mean, we talked about eighth graders getting recruited before. Like, they had never played high school. The high school coach had no idea what the kid was like. I mean, maybe he did because maybe he coached him in youth, but they didn't see him as much as they will once they get to high school. So, it, but if you're, if you're a young kid and you're, you're a sophomore or freshman and you're having a great club season and you make the varsity, and but that you make the varsity and, and a guy like Coach Messier is like, you need to work on this and that to become a starter. And you're just like, <laughs> why does everyone think I'm a great player during the summer? You know, like, right. I, I should be starting over so and so. That's upperclassmen, you know, yeah. on the varsity. And so, and guys like Messer don't believe that they should work for that spot, you know. And so, it, it, and kids get disgruntled and don't want to buy into the the process. And the, right. The and, and to be perfectly honest, like, like I. I would agree with the statement, like, no no one should just get given a spot based on how they perform during the summer. Like, you got to earn it. I mean, that's, to be, that's just part of life. Like, 
that's, 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 you don't get my read of work just because you show up every day. Like you got you got to earn it. And if you want if if you want that starting attack job and there's a junior ahead of you, you got to beat him. Like that's just flat out. You you got to out earn it. You got to want it more than him. You got to work harder. And you know one of my favorite quotes of all time, and I've always attributed it to Peyton Manning, so I think it was him. But at this point, who knows? But it was like he you know he was widely considered. Um, one of the best quarterbacks of all time. And he, one of his quotes, he's like, he practices like he's number two yeah. because that, you know, it, there was, you never wanted to think you're the number one player because then it's like, all right, you know, where do I have to go? But if you always think you're just a little bit behind, you're, you're going to outwork the guy and that's what you got to do. So, I mean, to some extent, like, I mean, to a lot of extent, like if you're a young kid and you think you uh, deserve that spot, you got to prove it. You got to earn it. You got to work your tail off. You got to prove it to the coach. And I mean, you may not like what the coach says, but it's it's a teaching game. You gotta be able to tell the kids like this is what I think you need to work on and maybe you don't think you do, but and I, I can't say that if I was sixteen, seventeen I would have heard it now. You know, sometimes I have trouble hearing it now as uh, almost a forty one year old, but you know, when you get told like, you know, I need you to work on this, you may not think you need to, but if perception is reality, if someone else is telling me, like, I think you need to work on this, maybe there's some value in that and maybe it's one of those things like, Well, I'm gonna work on it. And maybe the coach just wants to see how you take adversity. Like maybe the coach thinks is like, I'm oh, really good, but I want to see like if I tell him he needs to work on it, I want to see how he reacts because you know when when things get tight and the game's on the line, I want to know that this kid's not going to mentally break down on me because you know he 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 missed a shot or something like that. I need to rely on these kids, at, you know, in crunch time. Like some of it's mental as well. Yeah, and but these. These kids today, like the kids for West Genesee, they don't want to come off saying like bad mathing this coach, and then make make their recruiting go south too because they're ragging on the coach. That's not a good look for them, you know. <laughs> that's definitely true. Which I mean, it, it that's obviously when, but in the moment, I think these kids like they showed enough uh, mental composure to not say the things that were on their mind. I mean, they I'm sure came off on the bus and. You know, when they got home later the night, you know, maybe via text or Snapchat or whatever they were using. But, you know, in the moment when I'm sure they were hot and they were probably pretty dejected after losing the game. And I mean, it wasn't a close game to begin with. So and the reporter, you got a bunch of people with microphones in your face and asking you questions like, hey, how do you feel about that? Like it would have been very easy for them to be like, you know what? This sucks. He sucks. And <laughs> this whole thing sucks. <laughs> like, And you know, but they didn't. And. You know, I kind of got to give them credit for that. They 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 took the high road. So, but uh, speak. But it's it's the, it's the tough part. You see this happen to a guy that is a legend up there who has yeah. a number of titles and ha- should have some credibility when it comes to critiquing his players. And but the players aren't buying into what he's saying, and they don't. Uh, that's what I. That's the read I get. Is that yeah? It's not. It's not connecting on from the coach to the player which is tough when yeah. a coach like that is so decorated but sometimes things need to change and uh it's it's, it's interesting to see how west Tennessee goes moving forward and who they bring in to replace coach Masayer and yeah. if it's someone that's like connected with the one of the clubs up there then that'll be interesting too so it's just it's a, it's an interesting time in the game. You see a lot of great coaches in the game, like Masser, who have decorated careers that are now kind of like 
I guess, being pushed out because of this kind of situation, you know? Yeah, so it'll be interesting. I'm sure if uh, any of the people listening have comments, like I said, use hashtag around the crease. This is, was an interesting story and obviously an interesting conversation in general. Like, is it, you know, is there is there an age limit for coaches? Like, when they just get out of touch, be like, all right, it's time for you to step away. Or, like, or kids need to adapt and learn, like, there's more than one way to do things. Like, it's an interesting conversation. I'm sure it won't be the last time. Um, anybody has this conversation, but uh, we, we love to hear, get more feedback on this from people out there that are listening. Cause it'd be a fun, not fun, but it'd be great to hear what people have to say about this and yeah. hit up that around the crease hat, hat, hashtag on Twitter. Exactly. We'd love to hear from you. So moving on, um, you know, I kind of mentioned that you're, you're doing some content for, for lax records and this week kind of kicked it off. So I want to kind of give you the, the floor, because Tom, you attended the Baltimore Summer Kickoff um, that I believe was in, in Towson this year, and then you attended the yes, Showcase up in York, uh, Pennsylvania. So I'm going to kind of give you the floor and let you talk about. Um, let's start with the Baltimore Summer Kickoff and talk about that yes. a little bit. I believe that it's, it's one of the first events that kicks off the summer recruiting season here in uh, the Baltimore area. It's the Baltimore Summer Kickoff. I believe it's going on about eight years now, eight or ten, eight or nine years. So it's been going on for a long time. And it's uh, run by uh, Pat Tracy and John Torpy, who coach at um, High Point University. And they come back in the summer and kick off this tournament that is now a three-session deal for the, for the three weekends in, in June. And um, so the first session was this past weekend. And Boy, where well, there's some great lacrosse games and great lacrosse players. These club teams that the that Torpy and Tracy bring to this Baltimore Summer Kickoff are some really great teams. All three sessions, they do yeah. a good job of bringing some great teams in. And just and, the uh, context, like what you, do you know? Like it's not just teams from from Baltimore, right? It's teams from all over. Oh no, it's it's a mix, and it's a mix for all three sessions. Like this past session, they had teams from. New Jersey, uh, Florida. They had teams from Carolinas. Um, it's a New York, obviously. Uh, just a, a lot of mixture of teams from Ohio, North Carolina. Like I said, um, but they're really good club teams. You have the Team Turnpikes. You have uh, Iron Horse from Texas. You have Evolve Elite, which is run by John Grant Jr. from out in Colorado. And then you have local teams such as the Loonies and FCA, which their 2019 teams and 2020 teams are really, really good teams. And, Mike, that's the thing I wanted to allude to is we've been talking the last couple, last show and today about how the recruiting landscape has changed now with the new rule where coaches can't really talk to kids. They can't talk to kids until September of their junior year. And, now you see more presence of college coaches at these uh, 2020 and 2019 club games. And it's good to see that you see like the Dave Petromalas, the um, John, Charlie Toomey's, the John Tillman's of the world coming to watch seniors and juniors, or rising juniors and rising seniors battle it out at these events. And yeah. so it's um, good to see. And, the Baltimore Summer, Summer Kickoff is going up against some other great events that are going on around the Northeast last weekend, and they do a good job of drawing some 
great teams and and you see a lot of a lot of college coaches coming out to recruit so that's a great i think we see that as a positive right. for the new recruiting rules so uh, but it was a great event and I, i'm really happy with how john torby and patrice are doing with that event yeah and i'll link to the actual because you did a tom's top 10 from that event and i will link to um that story below but so you don't have to talk about all 10 players that you listed here because it'd be a people we'd be able to read them but are there like <laughs> one or two that kind of really stood out you're like oh you know these these guys kind of jumped out at me maybe um a well, little more well really seth higgins from gerstel academy he's a 2020 player he plays midfield and um he had a really good season for gerstel which is in the MIAAB conference here in the private school league here in in Baltimore and uh, he had a really good game against uh, I believe it was FCA They're, the Looney's team was the 2020 team was playing the FCA 2020 team and uh, it was really a good game on Saturday and Seth Higgins was one of those guys that really stood out and in my mind could be one is one of the best 2020 midfielders in the country um, just, just watching the way he plays and how he runs all over the field and make, makes plays and his shooting game is really good um, but yeah it's could, there's also a kid named Harold Boyd that plays at Boys Latin School he was on the FCA team for the 2019 there's some other good kids there's a lot of kids I could have ranked for the yeah. top 20 but the top 10 was just as good um, there's a lot of talent at the, at the Baltimore summer kickoff, but there's another one coming up this weekend and, and next week as well. So it's, it's a really good event. And, yeah. And it, like we mentioned, it's teams from all over. So I know you got players from listed. I mean, uh, you got a player from listed from Topsail in North Carolina, which is my old neck of the woods. I actually started my, uh, reporting career down in the Wilmington area and worked for the, uh, Topsail voice, which is a weekly newspaper down there. And we, we're right across the street from tops of high school. So I was like, Oh, that's kind of nice. <laughs> but you also got players from, uh, from Florida and Pennsylvania, New Jersey and Ohio listed on here too. So yeah, the Rasmus kid from Florida is really good too, from Jupiter. Yeah. And they, they, they had a pretty good season this year as well. So, <laughs> yeah. um, so, uh, yeah. And so moving on, uh, the other event, which was a little bit more recent, you attended the, the Mason Dixon showcase, which was a new event for this year. So, what first off? What was this event? So this event was is brought to you by a, a gentleman named Frank Cordo, who's based out of in Central PA. He actually went to St. Paul's High School here in Baltimore, but he's really trying to get the spotlight onto the kids in the Central PA area. And Mike, let me tell you that kids, the athletes up there, are really tremendous lacrosse players, and um, there's a lot of we would call diamonds in the rough up there. <laughs> and so, and you saw that on Tuesday night up at York college of Pennsylvania, which is a tremendous division three school run by a great coach named Brennan Childs. And he hosted this Mason Dixon Dixon showcase, which featured two games, a 2019 game and then a 2020, 21 game of all stars from central PA against public school, all stars from, the Maryland area, and um, it was a really good event. Both games were really competitive, but the Central PA kids did a, did a number on the Maryland teams, and uh, 
did a good job putting up 17 points in both games. And I did actually I did a Tom's top 20 for the event, and rightfully so because there was so much talent to list that if I did a top 10, it, it'd be not doing that area justice because there's so much talent. And um, just if you look at if you go on and look at the top 20. And you know some of these kids like Mark Sickler. He's committed to Army right now, and he's from the Hershey, Pennsylvania area. And he's at one of, the, in my mind, what really one of the top 2019 kids in the country that coaches should take attention should put attention to. And uh, he had a great game on Tuesday night, just showing off the, the way he plays. And he's definitely Division One ready. And there's other Division One type athletes in that area that I, I think will now get some attention just because of this Mason Dixon, Dixon showcase and the immediate attention that it got from myself and local media that were up there to cover the event. And and uh, it was a really good event. You had about almost over 35 college coaches to come recruit both games, which is great to see. And... Um, those, the, the, the stands were packed with fans that come that from in the area in New York, Pennsylvania to come out and see this, this game. And hopefully uh, Mr. Cordo and um, people that run the Big 12 lacrosse event, which was helping out with promoting this Mason Dixon showcase, they were hoping that this could be something that could continue going forward and maybe bringing it down to the Maryland area for next year mm-hmm. and just keep it going from central PA to Maryland next couple, for the next couple of years. And so um, it's, it's just a, a really good thing that they're doing up in central PA to get attention onto the kids there and also the public school kids here in Maryland that don't necessarily get enough of the exposure that they should get, that they deserve. So right. this is all good exposure for the kids that, don't normally get the exposure that they get. Yeah, and there's obviously there, there's this always been that kind of built-in rivalry between Pennsylvania and Maryland. Obviously, they, they share a share a border, but even in football, there used to be challenges between Pennsylvania football and Maryland football. So it's it's good to see uh, this rivalry kind of carrying over to lacrosse, where you get this season ending kind of season wrap up of you know some of the better players in each state kind of um, playing for a little bit of pride at that point. So um, mm-hmm. it's nice to see. But I know I, we went kind of to finish up this uh, this week's episode. I know you did uh, interviews with a few players, so um, why don't you kind of throw it off to, to them and kind of tell us a little bit about who the players were and, and kind of frame the interviews a little bit so people know what to expect. I'll start off with the 2019 interview with, uh, I mentioned earlier, Mr. Sickler from Hershey, Pennsylvania, who's committed to the Army University, uh, West Point Army, and uh, – uh, he's he's a really tremendous athlete, and he had some good positive things to say afterwards about his play, and also how he's become kind of the, I guess, the shining light, the poster child, the, the hope for kids in that area to be, say to them, themselves that they can leave, they can get exposure and go to a, 
a Division One type school, and so here's what Mark had to say after the event. Support. Um, just want to say congratulations on coming the Army. Thank you. And Thank you. Uh, what's this mean for you to have this kind of event and representing this area and playing against kids from Maryland? Yeah, I mean, it's always nice to play against competitive kids. I mean, it's always fun. It makes the game more fun to play with all my teammates who are all really good and it's nice to represent the area. We don't get a lot of looks and it's nice to show everyone what Central PA is all about. To just have fun and compete while doing it. Well, you have a great game. You, you, you. play good lacrosse. Obviously, you're going to Division One. Talk about the process of that whole recruiting process and picking a school like Army. Um, it came down to academics and what I want to do after lacrosse because lacrosse is, means everything to me, but it's only going to be there for four more years of my life after high school. So. Um, I wanted to play competitive lacrosse, but I also wanted to get a great education at the same time. I knew that West Point was something that really appealed to me, my attention. Um, I want to be—I want to be in the military after college, so um, that came to my mind, and West Point was just a great fit for me. Talk about being a Division One player and coming from this area and giving other guys here hope that they can go from this area and play for a top D level, D one level school. Yeah, just—I mean. Having brothers that have done it before and kind of gave me a path to follow. Um, I just want to do the same for the kids who look up to me, who are younger than me. And it just shows that you don't have to go to like any private school or you don't have to get all these private lessons just to go to a high level lacrosse school when you could just put all the work in on your own and just get yourself better every day. What do you love about this, this game? Um, just the teamwork and working together all the time, just the skill, the physical aspects. Um, the IQ of it, it's just, it's a good community to be with. Um, everywhere I always know a lacrosse player, it's just, you instantly have that connection. So finally, finally what, what, what's the rest of the summer look like for Mr. Stickler here? Uh, just tournaments the rest of the summer. It's, <laughs> it's sad that it's going to be our last, my last summer playing uh, yeah. summer ball. Just got to enjoy it, but at the same time, just get better every day doing it. All right, buddy. Congratulations. Thank you. Have a good night and good job doing Thank all you. this for this area. Thank it's you. awesome. All right. And then you had uh, another set of interview with, looks like, uh, two two other players. Yep. And that, this is after the 2020-2021 game. And we spoke to Dominic Cordo, who is an attackman from up there. From, he goes to Central York. And uh, and we also talked to his, his teammate, Austin Sipes, both attackmen, and they are both really good at that position. They were putting on a show during the, the game, and they won 17-12 to 12 against the Maryland team. And both Sipes and Cordo played tremendously, and they were, I would say, my MVPs of, the, of that game, um, just making some great plays and passing the ball well and making some big goals and making goals that would make the crowd go, ooh, so <laughs> some good stuff, and they were putting on a show, like I said, and so I talked to these guys afterwards and got their opinions on what they feel is a good chance to get some exposure, but also to show the Maryland kids that there's some talent in this part of the country in Pennsylvania and that they should be taken seriously. So here's my interview with uh, Dominic Cordo and Austin Sipes. Here, Dom Cordo and uh, Austin Sipes, who 
in my mind, were the MVPs of the game, and uh, you guys came up big with some points. And just, uh, Dom, you start out, just talk about what this means for you guys to have this showcase here at York and against a Team Maryland. What does all mean for you? you know, we don't get the respect we deserve down here. And just playing this game and winning just shows that we deserve respect and we're just as good as there. What you, Austin? Um, yeah, we really just are kind of off the radar, and we just don't get all the looks that they do and all the respect that all those guys do. So, but you gotta look at the sideline and see that you got some good college representation out here recruiting you guys and looking at you guys play. It's, it's gotta be. Feel nice to have that. Yeah. Those guys come out and watch you play. What's that? What's that feel like? It feels good that they know what's like how this game's played mm -hmm. and how they were, like had the respect to come down and show, see like let us see what we have and see what we got. Those questions. Sorry. Just having all these colleges, college coaches come out and watch you guys play. Um, I mean, you just I don't really know. You just gotta go out and play your best every time, and it just. I don't know. They just—they definitely saw that we're just as good as all the Maryland kids. Mm -hmm. So, what are you trying to work on out here at Austin in this type of game? And is there anything you're working on to do better and getting ready for the uh, the rest of the club season coming up here? Uh, definitely working on chemistry with Dom and other guys that are on our club team. So, just to play well at our tournaments this summer. Anything uh, like you're working on? Get it's a good—it's a good like segue into the summer season. Like getting your reps in, getting ready for the season preparing yourself for a big summer head and just uh wrap it up this uh recruiting stuff how is it a pressure on you guys to i know you said that in this area is tough and you guys are trying to get on the map but let's talk about the recruiting process for both of you is it has it been a lot of pressure on both of you or is it something that you guys are just taking a day, one day at a time going into yeah. the summer circuit. As long as you just take it slow and know what you're doing, it's not that hard. As long as you just, you just got to know what you want to do and what you want to be. It's definitely overwhelming thinking of where you want to go and who you want to play for. But, I mean, we're kind of used to it now because since, like, 7th, 8th grade, the sidelines have been, like, packed with coaches. So, I mean, it's just, it's just normal now. And, and seeing guys like Sickler and those guys up – on the uh, upper team going to Division One schools, it's got to be encouraging for you guys that D1 schools are looking at kids from this area, right? Yeah, it just makes you feel good that, that you got, like, these kids are getting us on the map and they're helping us out, even though that they're in a different age bracket. Definitely helps us out. I mean, just puts our area on the map, so. And real quick, just fine, but what, any schools you guys are in particular that you'd like to get looks from or play for one day? The college level, dream schools. Right now, I like Towson. So okay. And Mr. Cordo, my favorite Syracuse so far. All right, Tom. Well, I think that that will do us for for episode two of uh, the Around the Crease podcast. Um, I do want to mention that we also, if you're listening to this on your podcast player in the show notes, I am going to list the the all showcase team from the Mason Dixon showcase. Tom has provided that for me. Um, so we'll get those players listed as well. So I'll link to that um, in the show notes. And But for the time being, Tom, where can everybody find you on the interweb? You can check out my work at peacereportlax.com. And then you can also find me on Twitter at peacereportlax and also at tpeace19, which is my personal Twitter account. And on 
Instagram at be more peace. If you want to see pictures from the events I go to and the interviews I get from players, and uh, I'll be actually at an event today, uh, this this Friday today, <laughs> um, at the and this weekend for the Big Twelve North American Club Lacrosse Championship in Columbia, Maryland, and we'll have uh, feedback from that event on next week's show. Yeah, you gave it away, Tom. We recorded this on Friday, so <laughs> everybody's listening to it on Sunday or whatever day you're listening to it. We recorded it on Friday, so anything that happens after 11 o'clock a.m. Central Time on Friday, we did not know about, so don't say we missed something. So. <laughs> um, but uh, you can find me. Um, I'm at Lax Records on Twitter and Instagram. It's Facebook.com slash Lax Records. Even I don't really use Facebook as much as uh, I have. You know, Twitter and Instagram are much more uh, where I'm much more interactive and love to interact with the, the fans. So like we said, if you got feedback on this week's show, use hashtag Around the Crease, and we will uh, give a little shout-out, a little call-out to anybody who uh, wants to kind of yes. give some input. And one cool feature, if you use Anchor, like a lot of people probably go, when they link to this, they see that we use Anchor.fm. It's kind of the podcast serving. That's where the podcast is hosted. They actually have a feature. If you download the app, you can actually, like, old school call into the show you can basically leave a voicemail to kind of give your feedback so if you feel like it if you download the anchor fm app um it's free you can create an account it's all free and then you can actually leave us a voicemail and if we leave voicemail like as long as you don't do anything inappropriate in the voicemail we might use that on a future show too so for anybody who's uh technically savvy and feels like giving it a shot we'd love to have it because i think that'd be a pretty cool feature to actually be able to and real quick let me just correct myself on cordo and sipes they actually attend York Suburban High School. I don't want to get in trouble with those two gentlemen. And they uh, at that high school is a tremendous high school for lacrosse. And, um, again, Dominic Cordo and Austin Sipes from York Suburban High School. All right, there we go. We are we already did a follow-up and a correction, and the show's not even over yet. <laughs> <laughs> but, hey, we want – we. It's a great show. We, I want to hear fans feedback on what we talked about in the first segment. Definitely want to hear – what people have to say about Coach Messier and what happened up there and the fallout from that. And please hashtag around the crease so we can get, we can talk with you about this. Exactly. And everybody out there, we'll talk to you next week. <laughs>